Hello and welcome to the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. It's Matthew with you here and uh, let's just deal with the elephant in the room straight up. Uh, you'll hear my voice is a bit funny this week and uh, I'm not going to dwell on it, it's just that the wee one likes to share her suite of germs with me and her latest attempt has resulted in this basically me losing my voice so I feel fine, it's just uh, my voice has been a bit funny the last few days but we won't let that stand between us and a good old chat about the hobby so let's dive in and the first thing I want to do is to thank our sponsor of this episode Midlum Miniatures so when I first got back into the hobby and I think it was 2018 or 19, but uh, when I first got back into it, I was still only aware of Games Workshop. I didn't really know any of the other miniature companies, any of the other games out there. And so when I came back in, I was looking at the GW catalogue online and there was just something missing for me when I started to look at the, the modern range of miniatures and started doing a bit of googling and one of the first companies I came across was Midland Miniatures and I was immediately attracted to their range because it had a really, you know, what I consider to be proper miniatures if you like. I know we all have different opinions of this but they have that really like old hammery aesthetic. It really reminded me of the the more charming sort of Games Workshop stuff back in the day and I know that they work with some sculptors including Kev Adams uh, to create some of their range you know their goblins and stuff like that but they have so much more than just goblins uh, I recently made an order from Midlum I've just actually started painting it up going to talk more about this in the hobby progress section but um, it was junior townsfolk, so it's a bunch of kids basically, and uh, there was reasons for me having to buy stuff, I say having to buy stuff, there were reasons for me buying stuff recently, again I'm going to talk about that on this episode. So we've got a little girl holding a teddy bear, we've got a wee boy with a sword and a pot on his head, we have just a wee boy with like his fists up, so he's um, he's a bit hand to hand combat expert probably. Um, another wee boy, he's got like a hobby horse and a sword and he's got a sort of like goblin mask over his head. So, you know, kind of leadership character, I would say. And then we've got a wee boy with a, a football as well. So a um, couple of reasons I picked these up. Uh, first and foremost, I'm um, going to talk about Blood Moon shortly and I needed a couple of kid characters for that. But also I thought um, it'd be really cool to put together a wee warband of uh, of youngsters because, uh, you know, Midlum, they're perfect for, we talk a lot on this show about miniature agnostic games. You'll find any character on there, you know, whether you're into Frostgrave, Rangers of Shadowdeep, Song of Blades and Heroes, Open Combat, um, you know, you'll find anything you need on there, good and bad, you know, for your own, your own party or warband and all the enemies that you might come up against too. So a huge thanks to Midland Miniatures for sponsoring this episode of the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast, and you can find their site and browse their range if you go to the link bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Midlum. That's M-I-D-L-A-M. And so yeah, just talking about those um, miniatures that I'm currently painting at the moment, so I've got that uh, gang of kids, and I've also got a jester from Midlum and a sort of ranger character as well. On top of that, I talked about on my last solo episode, I talked about painting up some Android miniatures. I was doing a bit of an experiment there and it's been kind of hit or miss, which is what I expected. 
But I've been messing around with them for a wee while and I think I was ready to get back to painting some stuff, you know, with a view to actually getting it on the table quite soon and, and playing a game with it. So that's why I've got those those new miniatures on the go. And I've also got these giant flies as well. They're from North Star. I bought them a while ago when I first got into Rangers of Shadow Deep. Just hadn't needed them for any of the missions yet. But there are reasons now that I'm going to need them quite soon, hopefully. So I've started to paint them. And those are like, um, those are on those little, you know, the clear plastic, um, don't know the, the word for them, stems, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, they um, they give me the fear, actually, because they, they're very knockover, knockoverable. Let's invent a new word. They're very knockoverable. So, um, you know, with metal miniatures, you don't want to knock them over at all, but they are very light, so it, it should be fine with a couple of coats and a good bit of varnish on them. So yeah, some giant flies there, there's like um, eight of them. So yeah, looking forward to getting cracked into them as well. By the way, for what it's worth, I'll put uh, photos of these miniatures that I'm working on in our new Discord channel as well, which I'm pleased to say has a good few folks in it already. That's really, really surprising, but really encouraging as well. You know, we've had uh, people in there just talking about painting and gaming and stuff like that, sharing what they're working on. So as soon as I'm finished recording this episode, I'm going to pop over there and just stick a couple of photos of these guys in there. You can find that at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash discord. And another thing I was asking in there actually was about the, the new contrast paints. I recently just found out, I'm pretty out the loop because I, I, I don't follow any, as I, as I often say, I don't follow any social media. It sometimes takes me a wee while to hear any news, if you like, specifically like Games Workshop stuff. Um, and I'm usually not overly interested in what they're up to these days anyway. But uh, the new contrast paints, you know, I heard that they've got a new range out and I... I had a wee bit of a look online and um, as I've mentioned in the past, I'm a fan of the contrast paints because of the way that I paint, you know, I'm very limited, but I still enjoy the process and I still want things to, to look good for my ability as well. So I do like the contrast paints and I'm really interested to, to try out some of these new colours. I've been looking over them and trying to figure out which ones I should buy, you know, which ones would actually add to... The, the, the paints that I currently work with because I do have quite a lot of contrast paints but I only use I only use a handful of them I tend to paint with the same colours and um, I don't know if that's just a stylistic thing I'm also colour blind so I don't know if there's something about that as well you know um, it just maybe is more pleasing to my eye the way that I'm um, I, I tend to use sort of reds browns yellows um, and avoid like blues and stuff like that so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'm going to try and narrow it down to because I've released a lot of them, and I'm going to I'm going to sort of say to myself, okay, you could have three. You know, what three would you really like? And if if I use those three a lot, then I could probably justify going and getting like a fourth or a fifth or whatever. But I don't think there's any point in just you know spending um, half your half your monthly wage on like a pile of them, because I think they are quite expensive and uh, chances are, you know, a lot of them either won't get used very much or won't get used at all anyway. So, yeah, I'm interested to to, to dive into that. But if you have used them, if you have an opinion on them or an, an experience with them so far and you want to share that with us, remember you can get in touch with the show. Hello at bedroombattlefields.com or just grab us in the Discord channel now. That's an easy way of doing so as well. 
on to gaming stuff then. I've actually got a game planned with Robert tomorrow of Rangers of Shadow Deep. So if you're a long-time listener to the show, you'll know that Robert and I have been playing uh, through that, through the campaign, the, the, the main book, and really looking forward to getting together tomorrow, if all goes well. We're going to be playing the scenario, uh, well, it's Mission 2 on the Beacon Tower, and it's Scenario 1, the Bridge Guards. So Rangers are um, they're basically trying to cross this kind of rocky wasteland, and there's a, there's a river. And they need to get across that river, but there's knolls, um, there's knolls waiting on, or not waiting on them, but guarding the bridge. And we've got to try and um, be as be as stealthy as possible to a point, and then probably start uh, getting waded in and killing them. So really looking forward to doing that tomorrow with Robert. Going to take the microphone, and uh, we'll we'll have a wee chat before the game, during the game if we remember. And then we'll have a post-mortem as well. Hopefully not a post-mortem for our actual Rangers. But um, yeah, the list of stuff that you have to that you have to bring for this. We've got a null sergeant, six null fighters, four null archers, one vulture, one soldier, and a partridge in a pear tree. That, that could just be the vulture, actually. But um, yeah, the null sergeant, I've got like a... Can't remember where I got this guy. It was it was possibly Midlum sponsor of this show. He's a kind of um I would say half lizard, half crocodile. He's naked, but that's fine because he's kind of half lizard, he's got a tail. Um and he's bigger than your traditional 28 mil guy. You know, he's on a slightly bigger base. So I'm thinking he could be my no sergeant. Uh my no fighters, I've got um a range of beastmen from Nightmare. So I'm going to use them as my null fighters. Null archers, I've got goblin archers, again from Nightmare. So I'll be using those as the archers. I've got my vulture there. Also got a vulture on a own party as well. Good old Vinny. And one of the soldiers, I'll go with another Midlum guy. Um, one of the, the sort of fighters that I got from them back in the day. So uh, I'll take the camera as well. I say the camera, I'll take the, the, the mobile cellular and uh, we'll snap some pictures of the, the table as well. And on the subject of Rangers of Shadow Deep, I also recently picked up Blood Moon, which is one of the supplements. It's a, it's another scenario that you can play through with your Rangers and it's all about werewolves. So... This kind of, picking up this book, kind of led me to making a couple of those purchases recently because there were a few gaps in the miniatures that they recommend that you use. So, again, I know you could proxy stuff, but sometimes there's... uh, I I don't buy a lot of stuff, to be honest. I'm pretty good. So sometimes um, it's just nice to have that wee reason to go out there and and pick something that you know you're buying for a reason. Um, So there was one of them... um, it's a kind of ranger character or a, a companion character called Orla, uh, like a female ranger, I would say, with a bow and arrow. And I didn't really have um, a character that fitted that bill, so went to Midlum, picked her up. You also needed a young girl and a young boy, so again, went to Midlum and, and it just so happened that they'd released that ranger junior townsfolk, which came in very handy for me. You also need the giant flies, so that's why I was talking about finally getting to, to paint them up. Uh, they'll come in handy for a lot of Rangers of Shadow Deep uh, scenarios and missions, to be honest. Uh, four auxiliary companions, so definitely got the miniatures to cater for that. We need an old man, I've got one of those as well. Um, giant rats, got plenty of them for the, the first few scenarios. 
Uh, the wolves. So you need like five plus wolves and two werewolves. So I went to Otherworld Miniatures. That's a another company that you'll have heard me talk about in the past. I really like their range. So they had a, a good werewolf miniature and they also had a miniature that you could definitely make look like a werewolf if you like. So picked up those and, and those wolves as well. It also says you need a giant snake. Now I think this might be a typo or a mistake. You know, maybe this got edited out because... I can't see, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you own this book, I can't see any other reference in this book to giant snakes. I think what it was maybe meant to say was like a zombie, because it doesn't talk about zombies there. And then when you go through and read some of the event cards and stuff like that, you could end up with a with a zombie, I think, coming out of the swamp or something like that. So I think that was maybe an editorial mistake. But anyway, um, if I need a snake, I'll have to... Get back to the drawing board, I suppose. Maybe just make one with plasticine. So yeah, first things first is to play that game tomorrow. Um, and then I think our next game of Rangers of Shadow Deep is going to be Blood Moon, even though we'll be continuing our main scenario in the main book. I think the nature of this game is, you know, these things could just happen on your way to the next part. So, you know, once they get through this scenario... They could deal with the whole werewolf crisis. And it looks a lot of fun, that rule set. It really does because those four auxiliary companions, you're kind of... I mean, we'll do a, a whole episode on this come the time, but one of them could potentially be one of the werewolves and it could be a, it could be a different one every time, to be honest. So it's a bit of sort of Cluedo with bows and arrows and, and werewolves. Did you know that, just like every other podcast out there, this show has its very own Patreon? But this is no ordinary Patreon. It's actually the worst Patreon ever. That's right, there's no rewards, no extras, no bonus content, no early access, no shout-outs, and no thank yous. I'll just take the money and quietly get on with making the show. Not that there's any money to take, because hardly anyone's pledging to the thing. Like I say, it's the worst Patreon ever. Find it at bedroombattlefields.com slash worst Patreon ever. That's all one word, worst Patreon ever. Now, back to the show. Well, this buy-in as well, it, it kind of made me think of the question, like, how do you, or how do we decide when to buy new stuff? Because if you think about it, there are, you know, different things that you could buy. You could buy miniatures, you could buy paints, you could buy games, but even a, a game, you know, that's a very general term. A game could simply be a rule book that you're buying for like a tenner. Um, or a game could be an entire boxed game with like a hundred miniatures in it that need put together, they need painted. So it's quite an interesting question, you know, when when do you make that decision to buy something? Do you wait until you need something? Um, in this instance, you know, there were a couple of miniatures that I needed but I've bought, obviously, like, you know, 15 times the amount of stuff that I need because I'm making an order anyway. It's a good opportunity to to browse somebody's store and just pick up a couple of things that you think look cool or might come in handy for future games and scenarios as well. When you think about rule books as well, you know, I, I'm, I'm very open to, to picking up a rule book without a lot of thought. I don't necessarily want more rule sets and games to play because... My big issue is finding the time to get together and play the games. It's not lack of games isn't a problem I suffer from. In fact, I doubt that's a problem many people suffer from, to be quite honest with you. 
But I don't mind the, the thought that I might buy a rule book and literally never play it because I just find a lot of pleasure sometimes in reading through a rule set, you know, thinking about the mechanics, finding stuff that um, seems quite unique to the game or maybe finding other things that you think, well, this must be the way game designers prefer to do this mechanic because you see it repeated so many times. So I, I know very little about games design or rules or anything like that. But I do take a lot of interest in reading through them and just having a think about how they all work. And sometimes, you know, there are just, there are wee rules and quirks and special features that you could maybe pull from one game that you might never play and, and adapt that into a game that you play all the time. And it might just make that little improvement to something that you actually are getting on the table and, and playing. And buying things like boxed games, you know, I've I've, I've done that um well literally once since I got back in the hobby. I bought Dungeon Saga. Um I was having a wee look at Star Saga based on my chat with Jason in a recent episode. Looks great. Um the stuff you get in the box and everything looks great. And I weighed it up and I thought I, I just I don't I don't really see me playing that anytime soon, as great as it looks. Um and again, like I say, lack of games isn't a problem for me. So I reckon I'll just keep that on the side for now. I don't know if it's still in print, so um might not be just so easy to pick up in the future, but you know what? There are always new games, there are always new ranges, so I don't think that's something that I'll ever struggle for in the foreseeable future. Next up, I just wanted to touch on a couple of pop culture things, if you like. Um, so me and the wife have been watching, I think it's season four of Stranger Things. Is it in its fourth season now? So we have watched all the other seasons. But yeah, I got back onto that the other weekend there. What a fantastic scene in the first episode back where, um, you know, they're kind of doing simultaneous cuts between... There's, this isn't really spoilers, but there's a there's a basketball game going on and then there's um, a D&D game going on at the same time. And it's kind of, you know, showing you the similarities between the two because it's this big final roll um, and they need a 20... And it's all slow motion and you see the dice roll and, you know, um, and I, I thought that was really great. As, as you maybe know, it's not a game I've ever played before, but it sounds um, sounds a lot of fun. Um, and it, it's, it's obviously very influential as well. And like we heard on last week's episode about Tabletop Scotland with John, it literally is bringing uh, new people, particularly young people, into the hobby, which is fantastic. I was in Waterstones last week uh, with my wee girl we were just having a wee look at the at the board games and stuff like that because I've got some games in there um, often pretty good ones you know I picked up um, Escape the Dark Castle in there back in the day but they've got um, three or four D&D games or based games in there one of them an actual Stranger Things branded D&D starter set they had another D&D thing and then what looked like a kind of D&D for like younger kids it had that kind of not manga art but you know um, I don't I don't know I don't know the term for it but you, you maybe know what I'm saying um, just that little bit you know almost like the illustrations you see with the Mantic stuff actually but um, I think it was designed for maybe slightly younger kids so great to see and all power to them you know if that gets folk in the door and um probably doesn't scare them away or scare their parents away in the way that Games Workshop will with their prices these days. And before you know it, they're into 
um, old school metal miniatures and goblin green bases and uh, copies of White Dwarf from 1993. And from TV to books now because I am I wanted to, to give a wee shout out to this book that I'm reading at the moment. It's a Michael Crichton book. Um, he was the Jurassic Park author. Didn't realise he was dead, by the way. Just nipped on his Wikipedia. Died in 2008, apparently. I had no idea. But um, Timeline is the book I'm reading at the moment. And the reason I want to talk about it on this podcast briefly is because if you're into the, the Bretonian thing, if you like, um, if you're into Bretonia and the armies and the lore and stuff like that, this book is basically um, a bunch of uni students, a bunch of archaeologists, they go back in time to medieval France and uh, it's very, you know, obviously Bretonnia was, was based on that era and that region. And um, I think if you like that lore, that whole story world, I think you'll really like this book. Um, it's a lot of fun, you know, really good writer. You can see why why he did so well. And I'm looking forward to checking out another couple of his, his books as well because I'm always looking for uh, new stuff to read. On Audible just now, I've got... Um, I've got on the go an author, Robert McCammon, probably, to be honest, my favourite author of all time. Um, and I'll, I've been listening to his Matthew Corbett series. Um, he's a detective uh, from America in, in the year, I think it's about 1700, 1701. And um, again, I really like that time period as well, that sort of colonial time period. Those books are brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Been been a... Uh, you know, listening through them for a few years now, and he's been writing them for probably over 20 years now. It's like seven seven books so far, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's, it's taken a proper um, Lovecraftian turn now, which is obviously, again, um, you know, I love that whole, that whole thing, that whole unseen horrors, you know, demons and stuff like that, just on the edge of reality. So yeah, I would thoroughly recommend those books as well. That's the Matthew Corbett series by... Robert McCammon. Right then, I don't want to outstay my welcome. I know I don't. I know I don't sound great. Um, not that I potentially ever sound great. You might be thinking, but uh, yeah, the voice voice isn't isn't at its peak at the moment, shall we say? So um, just once again, big thanks to this episode's sponsors, Midlam Miniatures. Head on over to bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Midlam. That's M I D. L-A-M and check out the fantastic range over there and a final shout out to for the new Discord channel or server whatever you call it bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Discord if you go to that link you'll be able to get in there and just join in the conversation it's great to have a platform like that that isn't one of these walled gardens like a Facebook group or Facebook community you know these platforms they want you on there um, they, they want that to be the internet basically and they you maybe find a really good community or group on there but the downside is uh, you have to go to like your home page and then you see all your um, friends in quotation marks you know you see all their opinions on everything that's going on in the world and it's just not a nice place it's not a nice place to be um, designed to, to make you angry and stay on there I think so I'm really liking Discord um, you know you just nip on there you don't see any other stuff other than the, the channels that you're going in there to, to look at and maybe contribute to so as I say bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Discord is where you'll find that 
And uh, yeah, now I'm going to start getting my miniatures ready for tomorrow so that I'm well prepared. Going to look out those uh, miniatures that I need for that Rangers of Shadow Deep scenario that we're playing through tomorrow. And uh, yeah, if all goes well, we'll get that game. We'll record some audio around it. And on either the next episode or the next episode after that, you could hear how it all went and see if our Rangers managed to survive and uh, see what Vinny the Vulture and, and Fungus get up to too. They're two of the um, less hardy characters, shall we say. So thanks once again for listening to this episode of the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast and we'll catch up again on the next one. Music